honestly don't know what is more surprising at this point. The fact that we are two days before Christmas and this Christmas season has gone by rather quickly. Or the fact that the Vegas Golden Knights find themselves in a tie for first place in the Pacific Division. The sky is no longer falling, folks. The Golden Knights are back. Uh, Welcome back to all of you for another episode of Lockdown Golden Knights, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It is Monday, December 23rd, 2019. We are two days before Christmas. I sincerely hope that your Christmas shopping is done. I sincerely hope that uh, you have your cookies and your milk prepped for Santa. And if your kids have been bad, then I hope that you got enough charcoal to last for the entire winter. But nevertheless, uh, we are not here to talk about presents and coal and whatnot, because I think I'm too old to kind of <laughs> have, that, have that locked down. But uh, in any event, welcome back. I am your host, Danny Webster, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com and site manager for SB Nation's Nights on Ice. And before we get to the nitty gritty of today's podcast, if it is the first time you're listening to this, I do welcome you. We are a daily podcast talking about the Vegas Golden Knights here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher, or wherever else you may get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnVGK. You can follow me on Twitter at DannyWebster21. Or if you do like sending emails, you can send an email to LockedOnGoldenKnights at gmail.com. So, again, we are two days until Christmas. I feel like I'm going to speak that into existence until we all come to grips that we are two days before Christmas. It is ridiculous. However, with two days before Christmas, the Vegas Golden Knights have gone from being one of the naughty kids for about the first month or so of the season to have very much worked their way to the nice list because the Golden Knights are still, once again, tied for first place in the Pacific Division after a 3-1 to victory over the San Jose Sharks last night, the first game of a back-to-back for Vegas. Uh, Vegas goes to 9-2-2 in their last 13 and they take seven of a possible eight points this season against the San Jose Sharks. That's right. The Golden Knights and Sharks have already played their entire season series. This is what the NHL gets for deciding to put them all within two months of each other to try and capitalize off the bad blood that was spewing back in April. So there we go. Not only is that the end of the season series, Sunday could have been the last time this entire season, and I'm even talking playoffs, that the Golden Knights and Sharks will play each other. Because the Golden Knights, now at 46 points, are tied with the Arizona Coyotes with first place in the division. Arizona does have a game in hand, and the Sharks are at dead last, tied for dead last, in the Pacific Division with 34 points, but based off tiebreakers with Anaheim and L.A., The Sharks are in dead last in the Pacific Division, and I don't think anybody saw this coming back in October. We will discuss that later in the show. Malcolm Subban was spectacular, and he has been spectacular for the last eight times he's seen the net this year. Uh, 6-1-1 in his last eight starts uh, with a 9.26 save percentage. 
He makes 37 saves last night. If not for a Logan Couture goals, Malcolm Subban has a shutout in San Jose. But perhaps what was most impressive of this game for Malcolm Subban is even though San Jose ruined the shutout bid, we've kind of talked about how the Golden Knights have kind of found this wave of resilience uh, during this stretch of nine wins in the last 13. And you think back to that Nashville game when it all started, when Pacioretty scored the game-tying goal uh, at the buzzer to send it into overtime, which Vegas eventually won. You look back to that game, and it's kind of been this resiliency about how the Golden Knights, maybe earlier in the season, would not have been able to respond with a goal that they need to get back into a game, to either tie a game or take the lead. The Golden Knights scored twice in the third period, uh, first with Shea Theodore getting Vegas up back up 2-1, to one, five minutes after Couture scored his goal, and then Jonathan Marcia saw off a great job by Riley Smith to make a 3-1 in the final four minutes of the game. Spectacular resiliency by the Golden Knights, uh, withstanding an onslaught by the Sharks in which Subban stopped 19 of 20 shots in the third period. Uh, Vegas did a very good job keeping San Jose away from the dangerous areas through two periods. In the third period, they started getting their, uh, they started asserting themselves, getting their space, and that's how they scored the uh, the tying goal in the third period. But other than that, Malcolm Subban was spectacular. 37 saves. Sixth win in his last eight starts, and that is exactly what the Golden Knights needed as they play the Sega Baba tonight against the Colorado Avalanche, and Marc-Andre Fleury is expected to start, in which he will go for win number 454 tonight, which would tie Curtis Joseph for sixth all-time. Uh, no other lineup changes expected tonight. Expect the same lineup, I, I would believe, except with uh, Fleury in net. Um, Cody Glass is not expected to return until after the Christmas break. Cody Eakin has not skated either, so those two have been ruled out. Uh, Gerard Gallant will meet with the media at 1130 to discuss anything else. But as far as anything drastic is expected, um, I would say the same lineup goes tonight against uh, Colorado, who is currently sitting second in the Central uh, behind the reigning cup champion, St. Louis Blues. Uh, but for the Golden Knights, hopefully for tonight, that there is a trend that is hopefully going to work in their favor this time. Uh, if you recall, uh, the Golden Knights went into Madison Square Garden a couple weeks ago, kicked the New York Rangers' collective ass, won that game. They played six days later, and the Rangers shut them out 5 nothing. Last week, the Golden Knights welcomed the Vancouver Canucks to T-Mobile Arena, won 6-3. A few days later, Vegas loses 5-4 to in overtime. How will Vegas respond after losing 6-1 to to Colorado on October 25th? Now, Colorado, still very dangerous, very talented. Nathan McKinnon is one of the top scorers in the league. I think he's up to 52 points this year, having a tremendous season. Colorado has kind of cooled down. We expected them to be one of the top teams in the West, and they are to this point. But they're... For for lack of a better term, they've been kind of up and down. It's been kind of a roller coaster stint for the Avalanche over the last number of weeks. So this is a really good opportunity for the Golden Knights to challenge McKinnon and company and try and get a win heading into the Christmas break. And, you know, I keep saying that any win that the Golden Knights get is a big win. But if you look going ahead, you have 
This game, second game of back-to-back, Vegas wins that one. You're at 48 points. Depending on how Arizona plays, I believe Arizona plays tonight, um, depending on how that goes, if if the Golden Knights win and the Coyotes lose, and I'm and again, I'm going to double-check real quick as I keep talking here, Let's see if Arizona is playing tonight. I do believe Arizona is playing tonight. They are. Arizona is in Nashville tonight. So think of it this way. Golden Knights win. Arizona loses. Golden Knights will go into the Christmas break, sole possession of first place in the Pacific Division. That's exactly what you want. You also especially want that because you come back from the Christmas break, you have another back-to-back. You go to Anaheim on Friday, and then you come back home and play the aforementioned Arizona Coyotes in probably what will be, to this point, for both teams, the game of the year, especially with Vegas beating Arizona 2-1 to in a shootout a few weeks ago. So, obviously, big big game coming up tonight and a big stretch coming up for the Golden Knights this week. And I know I keep saying that for each game they do, but you know what? Given how tight the Pacific Division is and given how right now it is considered a two-team race, I I would say that Vegas would like to have this game and go into the Christmas break feeling pretty good about themselves. And if they can uh, if they can win and go into the Anaheim game on Friday and the Arizona game on Saturday with some sort of momentum after they come back from the break, then they're looking pretty good about themselves. So game tonight is at 7 o'clock. Uh, puck drop uh, at 7 on ESPN Plus, AT&T, Sportsnet, and, of course, the radio, Fox Sports 98.9. Uh, before we uh, move on to what I was going to mention earlier about the Golden Knights and the Sharks, um, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And I'm telling you, I'm thinking about getting a new mattress. My wife and I have been talking about getting a new mattress because ours is kind of old, so we're looking to get in this one. Casper's got a good deal for you. Get $100 off towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com backslash LockedNHL and use the code LockedNHL at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. So today marks the eight-month anniversary of the biggest what-if in recent NHL memory. What if Cody Eakin was not called for the five-minute major? And what if the Golden Knights did not blow a 3-0 lead? And what if the Golden Knights did not blow a 3-1 series lead and ended up being the Sharks and moving on in the playoffs? What would have happened? Given that team, given Mark Stone's addition, given everything that was going on, given the way that, that, st- that the Stasny line was working, what would have happened? Eight months ago today, Game 7 happened. And I don't say this, be- and I don't bring up the whole eight-month thing because uh, the Golden Knights and the Sharks played last night. I bring it up because literally eight months to the day, the Golden Knights were 10 minutes away from advancing to the second round of the playoffs. The Sharks moved on and eventually made the Western Conference Final that year. But I bring this up because in a span of eight months, the entire landscape of the Pacific Division has changed. But there's only been one constant throughout that time, and it's been the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, We know what happened after... (laughs) The, uh, the the five-minute major, we won't dive into that because I know people don't want to relive that, even though right now at this juncture, Golden Knights fans are probably laughing to the bank knowing that the Sharks are likely going to miss the playoffs at this rate. Um, but, you, but think about what has happened in the past eight months. And, and I'm talking really for both teams, okay? We'll start with the Golden Knights. 
Golden Knights had to spend the entire offseason wondering what could have been. They had to go to an early offseason after the most incredible inaugural season in all of sports. They now have to deal with an earlier offseason. They get two months off of early vacation. And they've had to relive that entire moment for the better part of you know, four or five months. They lock up the core, signing William Carlson to the long-term contract. But in order to do so, you have to trade Colin Miller. You have to trade Eric Holla. You have to play a rookie defenseman in Nick Hay. You have to play a rookie forward in Cody Glass. You also trade Nikita Gusev, which right now, at this juncture, is looking like a very smart move for the Golden Knights. You still like to wonder what would have happened if Gusev was actually playing in the Golden Knights system, but I, I, I mean, we can have that discussion for another day. But despite the slow start that the Golden Knights have been on, they are now stormed to first place in the division, tied for the first place in the division. Just when it seemed like they were going to be not really run-of-the-mill or a middle-of-the-pecking-order middle team. The Golden Knights were still expected to compete and at least come close to winning the division, if not winning the division. That's how talented they are at the top. That's how good they are, you know, top two, top three defensemen. That's how good they are, and that's how good the goaltending is. So we kind of expected this. But... Here we are in year three, as we enter the Christmas break, the Golden Knights are about to play their 40th game of the year. We are near the halfway mark. And the Golden Knights have continued to be the one constant in the Pacific Division. And it's truly incredible. Now let's look at the Sharks. Since they won that game seven, since they won the seven-game series against Colorado, since they lost to the eventual Stanley Cup champions. The Sharks are now tied for last in the Pacific Division. And I don't think that has really resonated enough around the league. The San Jose Sharks are tied for last in the Pacific Division. That has got to be the most shocking thing of this entire season. Now, now I know I've talked about it before. The lack of depth is clearly an issue. You lose. You go in on retaining Eric Carlson, which, you know what, you you don't mind doing. I, I know Eric Carlson is showing he's lost a step right now, but you, you look at that and you say, okay, the Sharks did what they had to do. They already went all in on getting Carlson. They had to keep him. Totally understand. But in the in that stance, you lose Joe Pavelski. You lose Gustav Nyquist. You lose Eunice Donskoy. You lose three key components to your forward, your forward depth, your scoring depth. You are now having to rely heavily on your top six, Logan Couture, Tomas Hurdle, Timo Meyer, Evander Kane, and you are basically tied your cap to three defensemen and a bunch of, and your top three or four forwards. No one is showing up for the Sharks outside of Couture and Hurdle. Carlson and Burns are are abysmal on the defensive end. Um, you, you, you do not need to look any further than Riley Smith snatching Eric Carlson's ankles last night and then snatching his soul on the game-sealing goal last night. Uh, Eric Carlson 
on the defensive end has lost a step. Brent Burns, as has been noted since the Golden Knights entered the league, has not played well in the defensive end either. But yet here we are. Now we're questioning, at this rate, on December 23rd, if the Sharks will even make the playoffs. It's gotten to the point that they had to fire Peter DeBoer. The goaltending is still an issue. Martin Jones, even though Aaron Dell was pretty much spectacular for most of last night, the goaltending is still an issue with him and Martin Jones. And the Sharks are in dangerous position of losing their first-round pick this year, which could end up being, well, they are losing their, their first-round pick to Ottawa, but they're, not, they're losing their pick, which could be a top-10 pick this year. So the Ottawa Senators are looking like the, by hook or by crook, the Senators are looking like the smartest team in the league right now. Because they're about a couple months away from securing two top 10 picks in the draft. And that is a package that if you really want Alexis Lafreniere with the number one pick, and I'm presuming at this rate Detroit is going to take Lafreniere, if, if, God forbid, the lottery doesn't work Detroit's way, which would shock me. But there's a package right there that Ottawa can send. Like, hey, we got two top ten picks. You want you want these instead? Maybe Detroit would take that. Um, but the Sharks have completely fallen off. The, the decisions that general manager Doug Wilson has made have put them in this position. And it's really shocking that in the span of eight months we have talked about this being a two-team two race between the Golden Knights and the Sharks, to now it's become a two-team race between the Golden Knights and the Coyotes. And the Edmonton Oilers are right there in third place. This is a very weird time. We, talk, we, we always talk about it, about the parity in the NHL. But it's crazy that now, two and a half years in, the Golden Knights have been the constant. While the once-top teams in the Pacific... San Jose, the Los Angeles Kings, who, lest we forget, have won two cups this decade. And even the Anaheim Ducks, who were once a mainstay in the uh, Pacific Division, who were once considered a top team in the Pacific. Those are the three teams at the bottom right now, all tied with 34 points. Arizona is in first place. The Vancouver Canucks are fighting for a playoff spot. The Oilers are still right there. It, and the Calgary Flames, we can't forget them. Calgary is starting to become a constant now, chasing for a playoff spot uh, for the second year in a row. The sky seemed to be falling for the Golden Knights about a month ago. But even though I thought that the sky was falling, I never thought that they were not going to make the playoffs. But by them staying the course and staying patient, they've been the one constant over the last three years. And their talent is starting to show at the right time. Now, I do think that Vegas will still need to make a move at the deadline for a defenseman, for a top, or maybe a top four defenseman. Uh, maybe, maybe a bottom pairing defenseman that you can kind of spell over Derek Anglin, even though Derek Anglin's been spectacular for the last number of weeks. I still think Vegas will be in play for a defenseman at the deadline. But... The fact that here we are, two days before Christmas, and the Golden Knights are sitting at 46 points, tied for first in the division, 
and have a real chance to take sole possession of first place in the division in the coming days. I, with the Sharks reeling the way that they are, I think is absolutely one of the most remarkable storylines of this season. I don't think we're talking about enough about it. I, I know the struggles have been heavy in San Jose. I know it's resulted in DeBoer getting fired, but considering where we were at this time, eight months ago, where the Golden Knights were eliminated from the playoffs in the most ridiculous fashion imaginable, to here they are, first place in the division, and the Sharks are in dead last. I think that is one of the more remarkable storylines of this season to this point. And here we are thinking that the Sharks are even going to make the playoffs, and here we are thinking that the Golden Knights have a legit chance to get back to the Stanley Cup Final. They're going to be one of the top two teams in the league when this is all said and done. So buckle up. These next four months are going to be very interesting. And the, and the most interesting part about it, the Sharks might not even be there. And that's really the most ridiculous thing, I think, of this entire season to this point. All right, quick look around the league before we get out of here. A four-game slate last night, including Vegas's win over San Jose. So three other games that we need to talk about. Uh, the Rangers beat the Ducks 5-1 to one last night. Chris Kreider had two goals. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist only saw 20 shots, saved 19. Easy work for King Henrik. And the Rangers won for the first time in four games. While the Ducks finished 1-3-0 on their road trip. And they had to play their entire JV roster this game because Getzlov, Silverberg, and Raquel were all out. And I believe they were all out with the flu. Um, yeah, so talking about the Ducks being, in the, being one of the bottom feeders. Uh, the youth movement has come early for Anaheim. And doesn't help that they literally had to, t- that they had to sit three of their top players. Uh, it's been that kind of year for, for Anaheim. Uh, but the but the Rangers get a big win uh, for the first time in four games uh, with a big game against the Philadelphia Flyers coming up. The aforementioned Coyotes, I feel like we've been talking a lot about the Coyotes, but they did win last night against the Red Wings 5-2. to two. Uh, Taylor Halls did score his first goal with Arizona Beauty from the right circle. Um, just shows how dangerous that team could be if Hall is engaged like that. Uh, Clayton Keller with two goals and an assist. OEL with three assists. Nick Schmaltz with two assists. Uh, and again, when this team starts clicking, they're going to be dangerous. And they're going to be a very healthy bit of competition for the Golden Knights. Um, and, and one more thing. Uh, the Red Wings, they had that three-game winning streak earlier in the year that included wins over Boston and Vegas. Looked very impressive. They looked like a team that was maybe turning the corner. They're 2-14-2 in their last 18 games. Let me repeat that. The Detroit Red Wings have won two games out of a possible in their last 18. They have lost 16 of their last 18. I don't know how, how else to say that. The Red Wings are the worst team in the league. It is not even close. 2-14-2 in their last 18. God, if, if I was Santa Claus and I was giving out lumps of coal to all the teams in the league, that, that would be one of the top teams on my list. And, and I mean, it's not, it's not Detroit's fault. They've dealt with injuries and goaltending. They've dealt, they're young. They're still trying to figure out, you know, how they can turn the corner with Steve Eisenman back. And I, I don't know how you do it if you're Detroit. But right now, it is not looking good. And the final game, uh, the Flames beat the Stars 5-1. to one. Calgary scored three times in the power play. Uh, 
terrific, terrific night for the man advantage with Calgary. Uh, Matthew Kachuk with a three-point night as Calgary ends its three-game losing streak. And the Stars have lost three of four who have come back down to earth primarily because of the coaching change and primarily because you knew that point streak wasn't going to last if you're the Dallas Stars. Um, and the Flames trail the Stars by one point now for the top wild card in the West. So very interesting matchup there. And the fact that Calgary just mopped the floor with Dallas last night. Um, very impressive win for the Calgary Flames, who are still in the thick of things in the Pacific Division. Very close to passing Edmonton at this rate uh, for third place if this keeps going. So that will do it for us tonight, guys, or tonight, today. I'm, I'm recording this at 7.58 a.m. It is still daytime. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for a Christmas Eve edition of the podcast. We will break down VGK in Colorado. We will look around the league, and we will maybe give some presents and give some coal to uh, to some teams around the league and maybe to some of the Golden Knights players, probably, even though that might be a little too mean. Um, everybody uh, have a happy Hanukkah for those of you who celebrate. I believe the first night of Hanukkah was last night. So uh, happy Hanukkah to all of you who celebrate that. And uh, we will be back tomorrow to break down the Golden Knights and the Avalanche to see if the Golden Knights can enter the Christmas break on a very impressive streak in the last, uh, what would it be, 14 games? So a big game tonight again, 7 o'clock tonight, Golden Knights, Avalanche at T-Mobile Arena. So thank you guys for listening, for downloading, for subscribing. Very much appreciate the support. And I know I haven't mentioned this in a while, but if you would be so kind as to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, helps people find the podcast and lets me know how I'm doing, uh, that'd be very much appreciated. Uh, Any feedback toward the pod is greatly appreciated. So please uh, feel free to leave that feedback or if you'd like to tweet at LockdownVGK to let me know how I'm doing on the show, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you guys again. We will be back tomorrow uh, for a Christmas Eve episode of Locked on Golden Knights. I am Danny Webster. Thanks for listening, guys. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a good one.